All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Let's talk about sex, baby. Whoa. Let's talk about you and me. I got my boys in the studio with me. We ain't talking about sex, we talking about Rex. <laughs> Rex. You thought I said sex. I said Rex. Let's talk about Rex, baby. I ain't even gonna waste time. What matters to me is I want to talk about Rex Ryan. Yeah, I got, you know, I, it's all about Buddy, really. When I really think about it, I'm talking about Buddy, baby, but no. Let's, let's talk about Rex. I, I got my man Dougie in the studio with me. And, What's uh, up, Ray? I got uh, the real safety. Yeah, man, ain't nothing safe about it when my man was back there in the secondary. I got Kwame Lester in the studio with me. Hey, Kwame, listen, man, let's do this. You know Buddy, you know Rex. Let, let, let's talk about Rex, baby. Uh, for me, I, and, I, and I told Doug this yesterday, but Kwame, I, you know what Rex did? I think what Rex did was really something that many coaches need to stop and take a look at because I, I don't, I'm not sure that they were aware of the fact that Rex brought something to the forefront that they all should be thinking much more about than they actually are, and that is the safety of your quarterback during preseason. A lot of teams will get rid of that third quarterback and go into the last preseason game with two quarterbacks on the roster. Right. And so what happened in that game the other day where he ended up putting Sanchez back in for whatever reason we all know he should not have, but what it really did, it probably made some people turn around and think about, hey, well, you know what? Wow, we need to make an adjustment. Don't get rid of that third quarterback before this last preseason game. Right. Well, the NFL puts such a stipulation on how many people they can have on a roster after a certain amount of games. I think it's that second preseason game, that third preseason game, you have to be cut down to, to this, this many guys. I know today at 1 o'clock, today at 1 o'clock, they have to be cut down to a certain amount of, of on that roster going into that fourth preseason game. Well, you should have a third quarterback in there because you don't want to have you, – you got to have a starter. You got to have a second guy that could get paid like a starter. You want to have a guy who doesn't miss a beat in the offense or defense, and we, right now we're talking about quarterback, where he could be a starter, but in, in, in this situation – we have to look at this guy we brought in and Geno Smith. We have to look at that guy uh, who's in front of, who's behind him, see if he can play under certain situations. Can he make the best out of his situation for what he has? And then questioning what Rex did um, uh, last week when uh, Sanchez. Sanchez got hurt, uh, that, that, that brings to the forefront of we need to keep a third quarterback who is not as important as those guys, but we got to protect our – franchise in the direction we want to go going into the season. And, and I know, Doug, Doug, me and you were talking about this yesterday, yeah. and, 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 and I'm, I'm not sure you agree. You certainly don't agree with the fact that I, Sanchez was in the game at that time. I don't agree with putting him in there for cannon fodder. When this is going to be your starter in week one, and he had two undrafted rookie linemen that were on the field who got blown up on that play. If you look at it, the guys who were the swinging gate that led to his shoulder getting blown up were guys who shouldn't have been on the field if my starter for week one is on the field as well. And I know it's easy to, to, to money, morning quarterback this, to armchair quarterback it, go, well, you know, he, he, he shouldn't have been getting those reps. I, I know you got to get the guys, they got to get their time. But Mark Sanchez has his time. Mark Sanchez has been starting quarterback for a long time in this league. He didn't need to be out there with a couple guys trying to earn a paycheck on the practice squad, and now he might be out for a significant amount of time. Yeah, and, I, and I, I'm agreeing with what you're saying about he should not have been there, but according to what Rex was saying is that in his mind, Mark is not his starting quarterback right now. He's so, not. It, it, since Rex has been in the league, there's always been – Rex had 
Uh, I think his first year, he, he, it was pretty good. But since he's been in the league, there's always been a conversation around him of couldn't he move his team forward. And there's always been some conversation around him of what he don't have. He don't have a receiver core. He doesn't have a running game. So they bring LaDainian in. Uh, they have Sean Green. They bring, the, they bring everyone in uh, to put around him, and he's still not as successful as we want him to be. But when you look at those two offensive linemen that he has had in the game with him in the fourth, third and fourth quarter, well, as a coach, I'm watching film. I'm feeling feel these guys are ready. So I can Monday morning, Monday morning quarterback this and say, well, those guys are ready. They're also going against uh, some of the second and third team of the opponent. Right. And they should be ready. Um, but to put my, my quarterback in a situation where there could be intimate danger and we can lose them for the season, I still i am on the fence with Rex, I mean uh, Mark Sanchez, because – he hasn't done anything to prove that he can move. It's kind of like I feel about Tony Romo. What's the big hype about these guys I for? Agree. What's I agree. the big hype when you're not winning games? The business in football is winning and losing. Nothing else matters. And when I speak how I speak candidly about these guys, people who love so in love with Mark Sanchez, they feel that I'm wrong about it. Well, let me okay, Doug, let me ask you another question. I mean, you think about Mark Sanchez. Let's think about also playing smart football. I mean, it, you know, you think about these guys coming through the line. You think you're the starting quarterback. Uh, don't you think it's time to get rid of the ball? Too? He was setting up. He took a little bit of a five, and he kind of half volleyed it out to the left on a setup. Yeah. So, so same, you know I mean, that these you guys are. You know these guys in front of you aren't that good either, right? Ray, let's not blame the victim. <laughs> oh yeah. man, duh. But if I got those guys in the offense, yeah. I really want to see if they can run protect before anything because nothing starts on the offense uh, if we can't run the football. Precisely. So why are we running a pass play right. when we should be running the ball? I, I, I mean, I don't mean to go back to my Seahawks on this, but it's my prism of reference because yes, I've watched all the pre... Well, it's just for a, as a frame of reference. I was watching that third, third game, the third preseason game last weekend, and I'm excited to see them kind of do some things, okay? They didn't do anything. They ran the ball. It was 3-3 three to three at the half. I said to my buddy, this is one of the more boring football games I've seen in a long time. And on a half beat, I paused, and I said, you know what? That's a good thing. That's what I want to see. Let's work on running the ball. Let's work on, on, on our offensive line. Let's get some film that we can evaluate and not put in the fourth quarter my first-string quarterback on a half-volley rollout wing chicken it to an 18-yard pass downfield that's irrelevant. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would say this. I would say that in uh, and, and Pete Carroll's mind, I think Pete pretty much feels comfortable with what, where he is in this particular As far time. as his offense is that's concerned. That's exactly right. Rex, on the other hand, is, is still trying to figure some things Which out. Which is why he's going to be out of a job this time. And, and let so. me ask good, you this. Good point. Okay. Go ahead. Do you, do you really think that you know Rex will lose his job because of Done. the injury he's or because gone. of how the team is going to perform this year, Kwame? Is it going to be that injury that's going to cause him his job or is it going to be the fact that the team is not going to perform this well because if they make it to the playoffs, we know Rex is Ryan. Going to be there? We know Rex Ryan. We playoffs. know his pedigree. We know his cloth. We come from. Um, and, and if you look at what Buddy Ryan did in Lee, Rex and uh, uh, Rob got a job because that breed of they have as far as can calling defense. They they do have a good defensive mind and coach, but you can put a defensive mind and coach, and when you make him the head coach, now I got to worry about everything. If Rex Ryan gonna lose his job this year, I think his job is on the line right now today as we speak. They brought another coach in and made him the assistant head coach. Now, do you think, okay, do you really think going forward, Doug, that Rex Ryan will survive the season? 
Well, he will survive as a defensive coordinator yeah. this time next year with another organization, or he will be no. Will he in make front it through? Will he make it through? The he will make it. I can't. Season. I can't get in the head of he Woody. Will make it, uh, well, I think the, they uh, bought the a. There. I think they I bought know. a coach in. Owners kind of crazy, Doug. You know this. They, yeah. um, but I think they bought this coach in. Oh, what is it? Who is this? Not Chad Ganey. It's not Chad Ganey. I can't recall right now, but yeah, they brought in a guy that kind of like offensive-minded guy. Him, they yeah. want to take the yeah. offense out of Rex Hand, and they've done that. They had Brian Schottenhammer who who couldn't. All he wanted to do is run the ball. When they throw deep, it was in desperate situations. So they try to find an offensive-minded guy for this offense, see if they can get uh, Mark Sanchez on tr- on track. Uh, they drafted Geno Smith. He he's had an ankle injury. But as far as Rex Ryan surviving this year, defensive-wise, defensive they've always been on point. But well, when you're behind an eight-ball offensively, you know this, you get tired of playing on the arena football field in the National Football League. Yeah, well, you can't well, let's do that. Go back. Let's go back, Kwame. You said uh, see if we can get Mark Sanchez on track. Mark Sanchez was on track the first two years. He went to two AFC. Championship game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Two yeah. AFC championships. What happened? Well, what happened is his defense got emaciated and his receiver core got hollowed out. And then you realize this guy really was about as good as the sum of the parts around him. But, he wasn't an elevator. He was a, uh, he was a, a captain. But they of, always talk about he was, quarterbacks. He was a train conductor. They talk about quarterbacks managing the game. I don't believe in that. I, I think a coach manages, you know, and players play and execute. Kwame, do you think that? The problem is Mark Sanchez, because that appears to be where they're looking now is to make a change at quarterback. Is the problem with this team Mark Sanchez? The problem is not so much Mark Sanchez because they put so much story around him. Now we're looking at him through a a magnifying glass. Every mistake he makes is 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 more than it should be. I think the problem is personnel department. I think you get the right people in to fit your situation, and they've done that on the defensive side of the ball since Rex been there. They've had a stout defense. Why when Rex when uh, Mark Sanchez was successful, that defense was balling out of control. That's why he was successful. Right, Mark Sanchez isn't going to take you to any such great heights. And I'm looking. Mark for, Sanchez is not going to when the play breaks down in today's NFL. It's not about running through your your, your progression. It's about what happens when everything. Breaks down. Can you scramble? Can you think ahead That's of the when defense? the management Mark comes Sanchez in. don't make any plays. Well, in terms of big plays, no way. Somebody improvise. Nah, that's not his game. That's not his that, deal. That's not, so but I, I still think when, maybe you, when you look at the Jets, perhaps that may be it. I, I think perhaps maybe it is best that they do go ahead and make a change. This is the same conversation they're having in Oakland right now, whether uh, Matt, Matt Flynn and Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor is going to get that job because he's more mobile. Now, when you got a quarterback like Matt Flynn and, and Mark Sanchez, you want these guys, Mark you, and Doug, you mentioned uh, commenting about this a little bit. I want to take a quarterback who's supposed to be who I'm going to make the face of my team anyway because he had the quarterback position who should be just as intelligent as everybody else. And I think everybody on the football field should be intelligent enough to make these plays. But what are you going to do with the work you have around you? What are you going to do with, I don't have this major league, I don't have this big-time receiver. What can, I, what can I do with what I have? How can I move forward in this? Well, I, I think, Kwame, when you, when you say that, I, I think in terms of looking at what I have around me, I think the problem in the National Football League right now is that the offensive side of the ball for many teams Slow. are still playing the ball the way it used to be played, and defenses have made adjustments to the fact that defenses are much faster today than they were years ago. And there are some people who are still playing football the way they were 10 years ago on the offensive side of the ball, so therefore they haven't adjusted to what they're facing on the defensive side of the ball. That's why the rules change. That's why we can't touch them anymore. That's why we can't <laughs> do certain things because the rules change because offensive guys cannot catch up. And, and, and also, I add ticket sales to that. I want to come see a high-scoring game, but then I put the defense behind the eight ball where you know these guys have every opportunity 
uh, to make plays downfield without getting a penalty. I mean, you think about it. Sometimes you watch offensive linemen. They can't even get out of their stands. And the defensive lineman is, or the linebacker is going past them. me. Yeah. Going past yeah. them. And, but the offensive linemen, they continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and you know, the defense, But the defensive linemen are bigger and smaller. You know, they're bigger, smaller, and fa- I'm seeing linebackers that I knew these linebackers had to be wide receivers years ago. Right. You know? Oh, they had There's to. There's no yeah. doubt about it. So, it's, so I don't think it's just the Jets, but I, I think the Jets are an example. The Jets are a hot mess. Well, you know, the Jets you are a mess. Well, and, and you know what? Rex made the, his bet in this regard. He came out and said, oh, we have the talent to go to the Super Bowl. For four years he and did four, that. You know, come on, man. You, you well, what, is this, what did his dad do when he arrived here in Phoenix? He said, we got a winner in town. There's a winner in town. Yeah, how'd that go? That's the pedigree, man. That, so that's what you can expect. You got what you expected to get. I love Buddy Ryan. Get. You don't like Buddy Ryan like I do, but well, I love Buddy Ryan. You know, listen, I'm not going to say... I don't use the word hate when it comes to people. It's just that I have a different philosophy when sports it comes hate. to, you, you know, can say sports hate. Oh, is, there, is there a sports There's hate? There's a sports hate. Yeah, yeah. I, sp- I got sports hate for people. You know, anybody who's not yeah. Seattle, you hate. No, that's not true. But there are, I do sports hate on certain teams okay. and individuals. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we're, we're, I tell you, we're going to take a break and, and Daggy's going to tell us what <laughs> sports hate is. Because I want to know now. Now when we I'm come interested. back, you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in the studios with my man Kwame Lasseter and Doug Geef. I'm calling him Dougie Fresh because he's just fresh, my man. My boy got it going on. We'll be right back. School to the pros, we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All 
right, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Got Doug Mack in the studio with me. And my man Kwame Lassiter. Ain't nothing safe about safety when my boy was back there roaming the back of that field. Kwame, let me ask you something, man. You know, we got we got some teams that's coming up this year. And uh, from what you've seen in the preseason or maybe what you haven't seen, a lot of times you, you don't really need to see preseason because there are a lot of things that are determined already when it comes to certain teams. You know, you, you don't need to see what the 49ers did in preseason. Right. You don't need to do what, see what Seattle right. did in preseason. You, you know, there's certain teams that you just know this right there. In terms of some teams that you think might be sleepers, I mean, because if you think about it last year, was there a surprise team you had in mind that comes to mind last year to outperform maybe what you expected, you know, to, in the preseason? And, and if you could think about that team, let's think about now. Is there a team that you think who just out of the blue, things just may change and, and they might be a sleeper? Well, you know, I'll say this. Um, good question. But I'll say um, Buffalo last year I thought would do better than they did. I thought they'd come out. They came out. Uh, I think they went on a three-game run. They played some good competition. My team this year is not so much a sleeper, but it's just it's their time to get over the hump. It's Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, uh, what they have over there, what they've done in the NFC North, they've, they've competed well. they put themselves in a position where they can actually get in the playoffs and go two games deep. And if you get in the playoffs and go two games deep, it's that one game away uh, from playing in the big game. So Cincinnati is my sleeper. I haven't seen anything else as far as preseason. You mentioned that um, when the season ended last year, I knew teams like Baltimore. I knew teams like the uh, 49ers, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Those guys who left off the field um, with a few minor adjust- adjustments were going to be the same guys that showed up this year. And you always try to make your team better. That's why, we have a dra- that's why they have a draft, which I don't agree with a draft every year. Well, I want to replace the guy that I just, you know, I, I placed the re- position uh, that I filled last year. But those teams like that, who came out of the game, who came out of the season, I knew that some, most of those guys, a high percentage of those guys, would line up again this year. You don't agree with the draft? I don't agree with the draft at all. Well, what would you do instead? Uh, you know, you, the draft is for, for money and purpose. For one thing, and I'll go off I just uh, on a side note, as far as drafting players, I wouldn't have the draft on TV. Who is that for and what is it for? It's for the fans to feel more engaged with Real, the building of the organizations they follow. The NFL can care less about the fans unless they bought t- season tickets. Well, they buy tickets when they're excited about the new team, the new tickets, players on their team. Yeah, season tickets do not pay those guys' salary. So you would deprive fans the opportunity to see their teams drafting their new no. prospects. It's everybody. I, 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 wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't deprive them. a big them. day. I wouldn't deprive. It's a big day for who? The it's fans for the fans. Yeah. I, don't, I don't. I can't see. I fully agree with that. I wouldn't deprive fans of uh, their team seeing who goes to their team because the internet does that always. In any, anyway. Well, but before the internet, there was the draft. And the draft, you know, what, since since 67, we've had the draft. So to put it on television was intuitive just because, I mean, speaking from a fan's perspective, you guys both played in the league. How much money they make from the draft? As as guys who both played in the league, take it just for a second from walking my my shoes. I always do. I mean, that was the, the long, cold winter of not having any information on my squad. And then. You had, you know, Roselle and what information are you getting from the draft on the squad? That I drafted. Uh, okay, you in Seattle? Oh, I got uh, Wilson, Russell Wilson. Okay, I remember. Let me t- let me tell you a quick story. I think it was 1990. Okay, I was a senior in high school, junior, going into my my senior, whatever the case may be. And the Seahawks had two top ten picks. They were a, just a moribund, miserable franchise as they have always been, really. And they, Receiver, two receivers. They, they swapped both those two number, those two first first top ten picks. Uh-huh. Okay, 
They, they got the second or third overall pick, and they took a kid named Cortez Kennedy. Right. And that was a, that was a big deal. They actually made some noise, and we, in that moment, were just jubilant that we got a stud, right? Changed the face of the franchise. I mean, he was Defensive Player of the Year on a 2-14, and 3-13 and 13 squad, whatever the case may be. So that was exciting for us. So why would you take that away? I don't well, understand. Well, I think what you just said, I mean, I, I, when you think about Kwame, that's exactly what he's doing. He's, he's giving you the perspective from, from a player who's played the game. And like you said, Doug, you know, for the fans, you think this is very enjoyable for the fans. It is. And, and, uh, and I think you both make very good points. I'm, I'm not going to say you I'm don't I'm not sure what's points. wrong with the, I mean, if I make Kwame, well, what's I think wrong with the it's draft? It's somewhat, when you think about, I, let, me, let me just the, say this. I think sometimes when you think about from a player perspective, you know, the draft really is – has a lot to do with employment. And employment, again, for, for athletes and players is something that's very personal to them. Now, some of them may enjoy it, the spotlight, but for some people, I can tell you that I can speak to some guys that have broke down in tears because they were expecting to get a job and didn't get a job. They weren't at the draft, but that whole experience is something that there's another element of which the average fan maybe doesn't even know about. Kwame could be speaking about that, or he could be speaking. And then let me, let me also say this. Think about the draft room the last couple of years. There's just been a couple guys in the draft room All where day. their privacy was somewhat invaded, and they broke down, and it was, it was kind of embarrassing. It started with Aaron Rodgers. It, 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 it started with a good TV. It started with it Aaron Rodgers. It's a reality Remember, show. Yeah, that the was draft it to me, draft to me is a reality show. If you're going to do a draft on that, and, and, and uh, you got to look how much money they generate from doing this. Okay, that's business to them. That's right. Okay, so now the guys who should have been at the draft, they choose who they want to draft. The guys who should have been in the draft, there are just as many athletes, if not more, that don't get drafted to stay in lead longer than those who do get drafted. So I'm a fan of, you going to do a story on these guys who got drafted, do a story on these guys who didn't, and let's follow them all the way through their careers. That's a lot of stories. That's and not, at that's a certain not, point, no, you got to make, make editorials. That, that's not a lot of stories. Stories are good. Stories are good. But I'm just saying, I mean, there's only so much airtime that we can cover, you know. No, the, no, no. It's and, a documentary. It's, all it is a documentary. But let me ask you this. It's a long documentary. You know, But he brought up a good point. Let me ask you about this, Doug. You know, and you've seen it because I know you're a fan of the draft. You know, what do you take from that experience of those who expected to be first-round draft picks and – and expected to go much higher than they did, and they didn't get a chance to go as high as they thought they would go. I, I would think that was that was pretty disheartening well, to witness that on TV. I understand. And that, that was an invasion of privacy. I understand for sure. the sad story of the fat kid at basketball camp. Okay, we all know the fat kid who sat there, and, and I'll take so and so, I'll take what and what. And every now and then, Aaron Rodgers I was looks that like fat kid. so was I. And, <laughs> and and so and Aaron Rodgers, Brady Quinn. But, but Aaron Rodgers got taken at 26 when he was supposed to be top 5'10". Right. And what right. happened? He but who said he was supposed to be? on his shoulder. But look, here's what it is. He expected Russell to go. Russell Wilson. Randy Chip Moss. on his shoulder. But who, but, who Randy Moss. but who said that he was expected to go? Those those. Prognosticators. Well, those Hundreds. opinions yes. prognosticators are those who, the, those who, who the, are not the making the decisions. Right? Yeah, the, yeah those, <laughs> are, those, those are media people. But I understand you, got, you both make great points about But that's why I don't like it, Ray, because yeah. it, it, you can go to any collegiate uh, uh, atmosphere and say, well, I like this guy better uh, because I'm from this way. I like this guy. I'm going to put him as a top five. That's all nonsense. You can rank them how you want to rank them. I can go get a guy from a, a NAIA school or MEAC or HBCU school and put him ahead of those guys. They never get to play for him. So here's an argument. Well, he's not playing against competition. Well, well look, some of these Division One schools are not competition to Alabama. But they get drafted. That's the beauty anyway. of the draft, though. I mean, that, that when you have you should people, have, you have a draft. Extra, you, this is a billion dollar corporation, a billion, you know, collectively that we're discussing here, right? So you have a player who comes in like a Russell Wilson in the third. They have their scouts. They have their aces who are 
you know, very close, you know, playing it close to the vest, informing on who they think should go at different levels. Then it becomes a brain trust. It becomes an, becomes an organizational philosophy. And then you're not just putting up, it's not just a grab bag. We're not just throwing confetti in the wind. We're making informed decisions about the, the path and the direction that we want to take, take our organization. Who made a decision on uh, Aaron Hernandez? Um, the New England Patriots, collectively. They've spoken to that. You're supposed, you supposed to put millions of dollars in. When they go get somebody from where I'm from, they put million dollars to do a background check on these guys and to make sure because they're going to invest millions of dollars well, on well, these Ray guys. Ray and I have talked about that, and I'm curious what your take is on this. What, where, where do you put if you're if you're if you're now let's say the, a buy-in, if you will, for a second, Kwame, into the idea of the draft? Okay, what, um, how high do you that. draft? Well, high, I mean, just pl- theoretically, how, where do you put Thug Life in terms of four or five bench press two twenty five? Where does Thug Life live? You know what. Uh, I, I put a guy, you got to have thugs on your team. Let me, let me say that. You got to have thugs <laughs> on your team if you want a successful football team. But they have to be thugs on a football field. You can't take that, that atmosphere and go somewhere, and now you got DUIs, now you, now you spousal abuse, you got all that nonsense off the field. If you, you're not going to have an Indiana who's a basketball team where everybody's passing the ball five times before they shoot. You got to have some guys up there that make plays within the play scheme of an offense, scheme of a defense. You have to have thugs on your team. It's just no way around it if you're going to be successful. But when you got a thug on your team and you, you go to a New England Patriots situation, you say, this is the Patriots way, we're going to shut that down. Well, don't draft him because you did your research. You put millions of dollars in this research uh, to fi- figure out if I want to invest $40 million on this guy. Well, and, here, I, I'm going to say this, too. When you talk about, you know, thug life, you know, I, I will say this, you know, I, we started off talking about sleepers as teams, you know, and, and that's where you find sleepers as players when you talk about the evaluation and, and those people that are doing their homework and their due diligence. You know, I, when, you, when you think about thug life, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, there should not be a person who has a criminal mentality that makes it to the National Football League with the amount of resources that they have. They, ha- they, they are looking at players. The Eagles drafted a kid on their team a couple years ago that they, they knew this kid since he was in high school. I mean, and, and, and they are actually watching kids. As a matter of fact, I was just at a camp this summer, and the entire Detroit Lions draft team, I mean, their, their draft class this year, the entire, as well as a couple of the executives, was at a camp for high school players. So I'm sure when that executive was there, he was observing, but if he saw somebody that stood out, I bet you he would find out where that kid was going on to college and play ball at. Okay. So what I'm saying in terms of, that type of criminal mentality, that, that should not exist. Now, if you've got a person with an aggressive personality. James Harrison. Th- th- uh, James Harrison that, that has discretion and control Kenny of his emotion, then what you do is you take those, those people and you put them in a position of which they can now demonstrate that physicality in a controlled environment and can play within the rules. Now, James Harrison, again, James, everybody thought that James couldn't play within the rules. James was willing to play within the rules once he got to a, you know, James had a, a, a figure in mind, too, that after you hit me <laughs> for a certain amount of money, I don't need a tax write-off anymore. <laughs> okay, now you, you, right. you're hitting me too hard. Right. So I think, listen, there's some very aggressive personalities out there. I mean, think about boxers. And, remember now, boxers and these other people that are in these other uh, whatever kind of sport this is in the cage where you're fighting. MMA. Again, these are people who have very aggressive personalities, but understand I am in a, an environment of which what I'm doing now is – Something that is within the law, okay, because of some of what we do, 
you know, if you do this outside here, you can go to jail. So I can only do this on the field. I can't do this off the field. And I tell you what I can't do. I can't continue to talk because we got to go to a break. But what I'm saying is, listen, understand where you're at, because what applies and the rules here on the field, they're OK. Once you off the field, the way you clocking some people, you're going to be clocking some time. <laughs> it's time for us to go to break. We're going to take a break. Using the Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Doug Massett, Thug Life. And the NFL, that don't go together. Somebody going to jail. <laughs> we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear the music, you know the show. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. 888-346-9144. That's what you that's where you can reach us at. Kwame Lasser and Doug Mack in the studio with me. You know, we started to talk a little bit about sleepers, teams, and, and we got off into something else, you know, talking about the draft because that's how a team possibly could become a sleeper is that they could do extremely well in the draft. And next thing you know, people kind of thought they were under the radar. Next thing you know, they're doing extremely well because, after all, teams are starting to play younger players earlier than they did before, and particularly with quarterbacks. So let me get back, if I will, to, uh, you know, there are some coaches that perhaps maybe, you know, for them is is win or fire. Are we talking about the undrafted rookie free agent quarterback well, well, out of Washington hey, State University? You know, and, and it, it could be the Buffalo, you know, <laughs> quarterback who saved somebody's job, or I don't think the coach in Buffalo necessarily's job is on the line, but I will say this. There are a couple coaches that, and we talked about one already, I think it, it Rex is either win or fire. This year. He's no, fired. No, all, they're, they're, so Rex is fired. He okay. can't do it. He has to Dead win a Super Bowl. Walking. No, he has to win a Super Bowl just well, to keep his job. Yeah, and that'll happen. Because he's been to the playoffs already, you know. but yeah, you know, once you get into, once you get into playoffs, anything is possible. 
I, I found that to be so true. Uh, you might not be a team, as Ray was talking about sleepers. Some sleepers get into the playoffs and you got, well, how they get here? Oh, they here now, so they find a way not to lose. I'm going to hit you. I'm, I'm going to hit you with one, Kwame. It could happen. We're talking about coaches win or fire. I'm going to hit you with one's going to hurt. I mean, right between the eyes. <laughs> Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a Newport news. It, part. That's I, a I know. That's what I said. Now, is that yeah. is that is that a win or fire or or, or what is that? They just gave him another contract. Uh, yeah. They just extended his contract. Yeah, but, but, that, but you know, that in the NFL, I, that doesn't mean anything. No, because they they willing to pay guys to leave. But I, I see um, Mike Thomas in. He's in a family organization. Most of these organizations are not family oriented. They they signed this guy. Pittsburgh know when their time come around, their time is there. They they win. But we always talk about Pittsburgh. We always talk about them being in the mix. They play in one of the toughest uh, conferences uh, in the league. So Mike Tomlin, win a fire? No, I think he has at least two more years for that conversation. Yeah. Gets on Doug Mack, I'm gonna ask you. Let's go I'm down. A, let's go down to Dallas now. Is Dallas is it, is it win a fire in Dallas? I just <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's I'm talk a, about sports hate. <laughs> all right, let's talk about sports hate. All right, everybody I, hates the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. I hate John Elway. I got nothing but mad respect for Mike Tomlin. I think he's safe. I don't think that Dallas. I just don't. What, what can they do? Are they are they even more than an eight and eight team? They're an eight and eight team with twelve and four bling. They get too much follow and shine. I just don't care anymore. It's the Cowboys. It's bigger. It's Texas. Bigger. I get it. You know, and, and my it, thing. It's not nineteen eighty eight anymore. You can't, not, the, the Cowboys. But, but the Cowboys. If you think about it, you know the Cowboys every year. I mean, they're in the NFC East. It's, it's a tough division. But they find themselves, you know, right there on the crust. They could, a game or two, they find themselves a couple times in the last game of the season and they can make it to the playoffs. That division That's also. exactly what they'll probably do again this year. I, you know, if they go 6-10 and 10 or 10-6 and six or somewhere in between, I don't think they're a factor. Well, I, okay, let's, 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 go on okay, the road, well, let's, first, let's talk first about Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher's been around now. Yeah, it, it, but no. Uh, Jeff Fisher. No, in St. Coach. Louis, I, I think, I think Jeff cool. Fisher has some time. I think – you got to get Sam Bradford some weapons, which I thought they did this year in the draft with uh, Austin from West Virginia. That kid can play. Um, they, they had to be in a running game. Uh, defensively, I think they'd be fine. Now, Sam Bradford. This is Jeff's, what, third year there? Yeah. Third uh, year, right? Third. No, I think it's this is second year. Second year. Okay, I'm sorry. It's, I thought it was third year. I mean, yeah. They got Tavon year, Austin. Right, they got right, Austin right, Pettis. Right. They got the run. Well, they're going to have trouble replacing Steve. Wait, wait, wait a minute. They just got another receiver, too, uh, from last year. Uh, he came in late last year. Austin What's Pettis, the kid from Boise, Boise State. No, no, a veteran guy. veteran receiver. I think he came from Denver, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know who you're talking yeah, about. I'm, I'm sorry. This, slot, this is Jeff's mm-hmm. second yeah. year. So we got, we got to give him at least three. Because that, that's it. Three. Well, it's three and you out. It's okay, three. Here's, here's a hot seat for you. What if the Bengals start out one and four? The Bengals start one and four. That, that can't happen. That well, cannot happen. Can, Lewis it can't has happen. been a long time. He's been I, I can just tell you, I think Lewis is definitely He's win or done. Win or done. Win or Bob done. Lewis has naked pictures of somebody because oh, he, <laughs> we've been talking about of this the guy. Brown family. <laughs> he, he, we've been talking about him. We've been talking about him for the past three years. Yeah. What, what, why you can't get up home? Even when they had T.O. and uh, Ultra Carson C- Palmer. Palmer's and, out yeah. of there. Yeah. yeah. Right. They should have won. They should have been in a Super Bowl by now. I well, you got to think about it. now. You got to think about Cincinnati's had a hard, a hard got, run because of the fact. Listen, you, the Super Bowl either the Steelers were winning or the Ravens were winning. It's hard for them to get you know get tough play You remember division. this though? They went eight and no, eight and zero oh in that division. They swept the division and then they had a playoff game. They came home had a playoff game and they lost right away. Yeah, they yeah, was, that the, was that the Kimo von Olafen game when when Palmer got rolled up? No, no, no. You are talking about when they played Pittsburgh? Yeah, no, 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 no. that wasn't that same. No, that was before. 
Palmer was a decent quarterback until he got not decent. He was a, he was good, a good quarterback. quarterback. He was a good quarterback when he got rolled up in his knee. He was never the same. Now you could talk about what he did in Oakland last year for four thousand plus yards. How many under, wins? That was under different circumstances. How many wins? Exactly. Because you know? they don't have a game. So now you're talking about another quarterback who's doing what he did with the best of what he had. Okay, in that let me, situation. Let me ask you this. They say all politics are local, right? And so let's, let's carry that over to all sports topics are. And we're here in Arizona. Carson Palmer's here in we're Arizona. We're not here in Arizona, are we really? We are wow, in Phoenix. Phoenix. We, are, we global. <laughs> Living like it matters. <laughs> we global. Uh, okay, so the so, Cardinals, so really? So let's talk about, I mean, really I gotta, what, what's your over-under on them? Ooh. I <laughs> you know, the Cardinals just find us, you know, I, you know everybody yeah. talks about the city of Cleveland. It's been snake bitten. What the Cardinals have gone to a Super Bowl, so you got to give them that. But they they, they limped but into the Super Bowl. They, they the did limp into that Super Bowl. But you had somebody though. like Kurt Warner. You know that that was probably one of the greatest Super Bowls that will ever be played. You you have to admit that that game. You know against the Steelers, that was a great football game. It's a miraculous play. Cardinals could have won that game and should have won yeah, that game. James Harrison, two, yep. two miraculous plays that you know the, the touchdown catch and then the touchdown the interception, interception. You know yeah. two miraculous plays. Yep. But but when you think about the Arizona Cardinals, I, I still think it starts up front. And until you get a ground game. I don't care what anybody says. If you don't have a ground game in the National Football League, you just can't win. And they, for some reason or another, I don't know what it is, but they can't take it off How many wins? How many? Well, uh, Jonathan Cooper, yeah, their big draftee uh, out of North Carolina. Gone, he's gone for the season. He's done. He's done, for the, he's done for the season. Before and then, Levi Brown's just coming back. Levi you know, Brown but, but listen, he's another big man that spent a high round draft choice on him. You know, and and so what, what are you looking at, man? If you can't if you can't protect your quarterback, and, and what is this? Is this a fifth quarterback in the last three years? Something it is. Y- you yeah. see, you and, can and, you can even go seven quarterbacks since um since Kurt Warner's left. Yeah. See, and, which so what's the over? So what's the number, gentlemen? I don't like all that pressure, Doug. Okay, okay. Well, let me just say this. Let's stand and be counted. Well, here's here's a I'm problem. I'm saying four I'm, and twelve. Well, let me. And here's the problem. Seattle, San Francisco, That's exactly right. and Jeff Fisher. Everybody in that division took a step forward. They went five and eleven last year. Well, they took a step and forward with the, with the head coach, don't you think, Bruce Aaron? You don't think he? I don't, do we? What do I think? I don't know. What do you know? I, I, I mean, okay, I'll tell you what I know. I hear he's good. But I like their, but was he I, trading on what, Chuck Pagano's situation? I, I'm gonna tell you what I, I like their defense. I, I like the aggressiveness of this defense. I've always when I since I've been here for six years, seven years now, I've always liked the way the defense well, approaches Patrick the Peterson, game. Patrick Peterson, one of my favorite players in the game. Yeah, they, and they got a playmaker. And they got that little honey bag. Now they got somebody yeah, else. Darnell Dock is still, you know, got some left yeah, in the tank. Well, I got Calais 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 Campbell. I got sports hate for and, Darnell Dock after what he did to Matt Hasselback. And our middle linebacker, our middle linebacker, still got uh, uh, Darnell uh, Darrell Washington. So we st- we got some players on they the defensive side of the ball. Let me say this about the Cardinals, uh, I, and I agree with both you guys when you say everyone in the division. Everyone took a step, step forward. forward. Uh, and I think they took a step forward as far as getting Palmer in here. He, he did some things. He still. He more serviceable than anybody we had since sure. Kirk Warner. I'll say that. I would have never let John Skelton go. John Skelton is a guy who would have been a good, decent backup for you. For you. Um, they lost. They had some injuries. The Cardinals, in my opinion, are looking at, um, you know, I think across the board on every NFL football team, the offense is always slow. Defensively, Ray mentioned this real, uh, briefly, the defense is going to keep them in games until they pick up. So I see the Cardinals at – Six and uh, eleven. Uh, I'm sorry, Too six and games. ten. Six and ten. No, no, no. Six and they ten. They're gonna get a uh, scrimmage. Uh, when they're gonna win a scrimmage. <laughs> um, six and ten. Oh, I forgot the bye week scrim. Absolutely. That's, six yeah, and ten to nine and seven. 
Was that range? Well, well, I like well, that range. Well, well, nine nine like and seven that. is, is sometimes borderline. That's, that's, that's playoff. That's, that's playoff. Nine and seven is playoff. That's how they got to the Super Bowl. They yeah, nine, said nine and we seven must is playoff. be in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I will always root for Arizona, but I'm not going to be blinded to what they have. Nine and seven is a bit ambitious, but I wish you well. well every, every other Seattle Seahawks, nine and seven. Probably the case. They never <laughs> live up to expectations. Well, never yeah. have they ever lived up to expectations. Well, so I, I like five what's and going eleven the conference. No, Seattle's going to be a lot better than that. They should be all right. Well, the thing about it, you know, for them to go nine and seven, that means there's people within the division that they got to beat. Uh, do, we, do you see them splitting with the San Francisco Everybody. 49ers? You see them splitting no. with the Seattle Seahawks? I think they can what? win one or two in division. Who? I think they can win one or two in division. You're I talking think about they the Cardinals? Beat, yeah, oh, the Cardinals. Oh, right, right. Okay. So do you see the Cardinals beating the 49ers twice? I see them beating them once. You, you see, oh, so you see them splitting. You see yeah, them see splitting, splitting. With, the, with the Seahawks too? I see them splitting with um, the Rams. St. Louis. Okay, but what about the Seahawks? No. Okay, well, Seattle, you know. that, that defense is like a swarm of bees. The, the Seattle Seahawks a defense? Swarm of bees. That defense, they, they all over the field. They got two Pro Bowl corners that you could try to six 6'4". They're 6'4". I'm, I'm not even double-teaming Fitzgerald with one of those guys. I'm putting him on Fitzgerald and say, this is your work today. Oh, that's the way they want it. Yeah. Now, you know, Kwame, me and you know a little bit about that. I yeah. don't think they want any help. Don't, no. don't bring me no help. Yeah. You know, not a double-team. You may be something on top, but you ain't got to worry about double Don't worry about my side. I got I, this I, 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 I got, got him. He going to catch a ball, but I got him all game. Go do your job. Go, go over here, do your job. And they got Antoine Winfield in this. But that's why, I don't see I mean, they, that's why I don't see them splitting. I see Seattle defense more dominant. And I like that. Don't sleep on 49ers defense. No. Don't sleep on that defense. Because that was, a, that was a number one and number two defense throughout the year last year. Yeah. So it, it's tough for the Cardinals. But I think playing these guys year in and year out, they find a way to win one okay, of those Okay, let me games. ask you this. Okay, so if you were the Arizona Cardinals, you know, is, is this the toughest division in football? Is there another division you would want to be in? If you the Arizona Cardinals. But if you're San Francisco, it's not a tough division. We're going to breeze through this. Well, no, we they got, wait, well, well, they got Seattle now. Yeah, we got Seattle. We're going to get through it. I can split with a team and still be good. Okay, so who do you think is the toughest division in football right now? NFC West. I, you, in, in, I mean, he didn't hesitate NFC on that West. one. No, it's no NFC hesitation West. on that and at all. AFC North after that. Kwame, you you want to agree with that? I agree with I agree with Doug. I'm just going to put that on. Hey, somebody foul that well, one. I, I that, well, here's the only thing about it. Now, I when agree. you when you say it like that, I, I'm I'm just going to say this in terms of the NFC North. When you look at you know Detroit, Chicago, Minnesota, mm, and Green Bay, no. I don't know if that's as tough as the division. We you just can break that division about. up and have them two games apiece. AFC North. I, I, I would go. I would I would go back to the AFC East. I mean, who do you see running through the AF, I mean the NFC East? Oh. Uh, who do you see running through that division? The well, Cowboys, I, I the Redskins. I, I, I think the, the Giants. The Giants are the better team. But the, the 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 other three squads are all subpar to mediocre. They're gonna I mean, they're gonna play each other out. Washington maybe, I, but I want to see what Philly does with this offense. Well, I let's think, go back to ba- okay. What about okay? I'm sorry card. about that. What about Baltimore? And you know, Baltimore they get the team is they Super Bowl champs. You got to give them some respect, although half the team is gone. But what, Cincinnati's there. We already said that's a challenge, and Pittsburgh is there. Cleveland, I think Cleveland might be a sleeper there. I, I, I know, don't know. I know Cleveland's when uh, well, Wheaton stepped up his game this offseason uh, as far as the quarterback position is concerned in Cleveland. I, I think they're going to be okay. They have a running game now. They got a power game over there. Um, but I, I still like the NFC West as probably – the conference you want to watch this year, and then I go AFC North because I want to see some pounding, and then anyone comes out of that going to be successful. And you're going to look at Denver; it's getting a lot of shine as the best team in the AFC, but that's because their division is just in there. terrible. They're, and they get to play 
out of they're out of division uh, that is is a joke as well. I think it's against the AFC East. Well, one yeah, thing about Denver, nothing. you know, you you gotta give Denver a little bit of credit. You you got Peyton Manning, and Peyton is back. I Payton mean, you know, after last year, Peyton fell off you know, in the year because he that the injury caught up to so him. So you think the injury is starting to catch him? You think it showed a little bit as yeah. the season well, caught went up on. to him? Was that DB not covering the bomb on fourth down? That's a from really, University of Kansas. On. I did knock him out. Man. Well, I tell you what, man. I you know I don't think you can ever count Peyton out. Now that he's I back, won't ever. you know, yeah. Now that he's back and he looks to be a pretty good form. I saw him in preseason. He looked pretty good. So Denver might be in the picture. Hey, so I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break. We got 30 seconds. We got the last segment. And uh, and then the show's going to be over. But we're going to take this break. You listen to Rail of Sports (laughs) on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice America Network. It's the last segment of the show. Kwame Lassiter, my man, things are safe because he's here with me. Doug Mack is with me. And, uh, you know, let's get back, if you will, just for this last segment here. I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, there's some players that need to step up, too, now. There, there's there been some guys that perhaps we thought would, would deliver and hasn't delivered. And, 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 of course, the number one name that, to me, that sticks out above everybody else is got a $100 million tag on him and, uh, you know, just can't stay on the field. As I think, Kwame, i got to go back to you again, man. I'm sorry to keep attacking that Virginia but man, you guys got great talent coming on it. But I think I think Mike's on the hot seat in Philadelphia. Mike's man. always going to be on the hot seat. You know what? You gave him a hundred million dollars when he came out um, out of a uh, let's call it college, uh, not college college, but down in Le- Leavenworth University. <laughs> but you didn't give him anything else. You didn't give him an office line. Mike was running for his life. I watched the game. The Cardinals had about seven, 
eight sacks on this guy. There is no offensive line, man. You want him to improvise. He, he's been improvising uh, all his life. And, and, I, and I agree with you, but I think the only thing that Mike hasn't done is Mike hasn't gone on the highway, got on 76 West, stopped off in Pittsburgh, and had a conversation with Franco Harris. Because, see, Franco ran out of bounds more in his life than Michael Vick ever yeah, will. That's right. the, I think that's the only – I love the, when he improvised. I yeah. love that. I, I think, Mike, um, you don't have to prove – he's from a place where you, you always got to prove. You can't go back to you don't prove that you can hang in there. Um, and I hope that's not in his head. But Mike needs to learn how to slide. He needed – Mike went down last year, and I don't know how he had a concussion that kept him out seven games. I don't know. The guys didn't even touch him. It's almost like they tried to help him up before they knocked him down. Yeah. He was out for five to seven games with a concussion. He's been hit so many times, and, and it is a hot seat. I will say that's a hot seat for him. So now they signed him to a one-year – they tore that contract up. He has a one-year deal for $10 million. And then they had some controversy when you know Michael Vick is the better quarterback than the rest of those guys there, especially with the offense that uh, Kelly wants to run. Right. He's the perfect fit for that, but I don't have confidence in could he take us to where we want to go as far as every team wants to play for the Super Bowl with this offense. So one year deal, ten million dollars. Is he just too small? I, I don't agree. I don't think so. I Is don't think he? so because look at Drew Brees. Drew Brees found a way to win. But Drew Brees doesn't play Michael Vick's game. No, exactly. But you got to have the coach around him now. See, and when you get these these spread offenses and you want to run this, okay, I'm going to do you, I'm gonna treat you like an off, uh, a wishbone team. I'm going to hit everybody who's looked like they're going to get the right ball. Right in the mouth. Who looks like they're going to get the ball. You better be pitching that ball off because I'm having my linebackers hit you, and in the fourth quarter, you're going to be shell-shocked. See, and I, I think what you just said is, is an excellent point to be made, Doug, is because quarterbacks, you know, just the prototype of a quarterback, I don't care if you're the prototype of Tom Brady 6'4", sitting up in the pocket, you're still not made, your body is not used to the type of contact you receive when you're outside the pocket being sacked there's a lot of grabbing on you a lot of times but when you get outside the pocket you're now starting to get hit the way running backs get hit and I just don't think there's quarterbacks that's made for that their bodies just aren't made for you that. you mentioned a point about the um the blind side you know if a quarterback uh gets hit he's standing there he get hit from his blind side that's a different hit if I caught the ball as a receiver and running and I get tackled or I get hit across the middle that's a different hit I know that's coming that blind side you think in that office that left tackle it's going to protect you. Well, Michael Vick's left, left-handed, so you're thinking that that guy's going to protect you on the right side, a right tackle. He's not going to protect you all the time when you got defensive linemen running 4-3 speed uh, coming, off that, coming around that corner from the uh, tackle. you just sitting there. That's a different hit. Yeah, and once you get outside the pocket, I, I just think it's, it's just you're at the mercy of the defense. But what's changed between Russell Wilson, Colin Kaepernick, I mean, Russell and Mike can't be any different. Russell, size, Russell sits in the pocket. I, Russell said he's but, not running the ball. But, he, but when he does run, he almost seems to do it more cerebrally and well, out, but, out of bounds. And too. also, that's right. Russell gets out of bounds, and Russell knows how to slide. Yeah. Right. I, I, I really do think. I mean, there's some guys even in baseball sometimes. I mean, sliding is it, it's an art and a science. You have to know how to. If you you could really mess up your knee if you slide the wrong and way. Your ankle. And if you're not accustomed to doing it, and I just think that's what. See, Mike was never. Accustomed to sliding, so he never really. I don't think he's really comfortable. Nobody could catch him with, for the first. Exactly. You know I mean? But I, I just really think that there just needs to be a greater emphasis by the team to tell Mike, listen, you you don't have to fall down. You know, just run, get what you can, and just fall, look around you and just fall down. When you take the sacks, you know, just you know, don't take that you know the, the full hit. You know, and a lot of times what happens with running backs, 
Running backs, you'll find out as they get older, then they take more shots than they do when they were younger. And I don't know what happens. Receivers do it all the time. Yeah, for some reason or another, some, their reactions slow down or something, <laughs> but they're not as, as elusive and, and they can't just, you know, that, that hit, they can't absorb it like they could. But they is could it too late for Michael? I mean, pardon the usage of the term, but can an old dog learn new tricks? Yes, I don't uh, listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm, uh, you know, uh, I just Michael Vick can't do it wrong. Michael Vick need to do some things that those prototypical quarterbacks do, like slide. I love Michael Vick, by the way. I'm, I'm a huge, huge fan. Of, I'm a huge fan of Michael huge Vick fan. on the football field. I'm yeah, a huge fan of this guy. Yeah. But this guy needs to. He has. He still has the strongest arm. He still can make all the throws. He's still a threat if he gets out the pocket. And I'm not saying out the pocket to run. I'm saying out the pocket to stretch those linebackers out and then let it go. Yeah. He has. Every, he has Shady McCoy over there. He has everything he needs. He has a receiving core over there. What he didn't have is offensive line. So yeah. From the time he got to Atlanta and, and, and we had all that hype on Michael Vick and what Atlanta did, I think it is time for him to finally get further in through, through his football season than now. And it must just be something about this NFC East. I just can't get away from it. But I'm going to tell you somebody, I think, you know, either, either he got to win or he got to go. And I don't care if he just got money or what. But Tony Romo, come on, it's time for you to win. He should have oh, been man. gone. Yeah. He should have been gone. It, it, it's time. Am I right? It's, it, oh, I'm so well, tired we of talking a story. about Tony We were making a story. We were talking about Dallas Cowboys earlier, and I wanted to say this. They, the Dallas Cowboys is looking for a great story, an undrafted free agent, a guy who they keep. They find ways to say it's not Tony Romo's fault. It's always his fault. You're the quarterback. You're going to take the blame with this. But why give him, and why give him that much money, Kwame? He got naked pictures of George John. I think him and George John are the There might be something going on because there's no reason in the world. I do not think he earned that money. He didn't that, earn that money. I don't I, think I don't he earned that money. Even if he went out on the free agent market. Well, ain't nobody earned nobody money. Was gonna pay for him. Nobody was going to pay that much money to him. If he went on free agency, no name a team. No, it's a, it's the, a Cardinals, sus- the Cardinals wouldn't have even done that. And the Cardinals yeah. are always trying to overpay somebody to come here. Yeah. They gave Emmett money. Emmett shouldn't have came here. We had Josh Scobie. We had Marcel Ship. We had Damian Anderson. You didn't have to bring Emmett here. How are you going to your team. Who, who are those guys? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, he, listen, guys. I, listen, I, I got to do something. I got to get this in because I didn't, even pre- I didn't prep these guys for this either. It's, it's just that it's amazing to me that right now when you think about the NFL and you think about some great games and then you think about college football and you think about some great games, right now the average sports fans, if you were to take the best pro game that's out there right now and the best college game out there right now, which do you think would be more desired by, by sports fans right now? Kwame, I'm going to start with you. The best college football game you could think of in the, in the regular season, uh-huh. not the national championship, and then the best NFL game. If I'm a, uh, a huge fan, uh, which I am, I still like the guys, the, the best thing for me to watch would be a, a college game because it's still pure. Those guys are playing for the joy. They don't think about the money until afterwards. In the NFL, you can see these guys still talking about money. And who's the game you think of right now? A great college game you like to see these two teams play, you know, the second game or third game of the season? Uh, right now, uh, college game? Yeah. Ooh, Michigan State and Michigan. Okay. Ooh, okay. I like it. I'm going to go college too. Uh, if, so you if, think if right now pick, the fans, the average fan, I don't out know, there, I the best speak, game. I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I would just say I think I, I, the raw emotion Better of it. San Francisco, it's Atlanta, becoming, Green well, Bay. I don't know. Denver. I mean, Seahawks and Niners in week two is I, in Seattle. That's going to be a game. It's business. When you think but about those I games, I think business. But it's about to become much more businesslike, and it already has. I mean, the gap between business and and you know amateurism used to be humongous. And no, no gap, no gap anymore. We don't want to get into that. Ed O'Bannon, here comes. 
Ryan's at O'Bannon lawsuit. Okay, so who's your team? What's the game? Who you got? Uh, right now, just today, I'll take yeah. Alabama, Ohio State, I guess. And, and that's, that, that's what I'm thinking about because I got some games I wrote down here. As a matter of fact, I wrote them. I went Ohio State, Alabama's one of them, Texas A&M, and Ohio State because they got two quarterbacks to kind of like, and, and then Alabama and Texas A&M. Alabama, Texas. Yeah, I mean, Alabama's going to wipe up this Georgia. Texas A&M team. Yeah, I think I think Alabama's the squad. You have to have Alabama and then somebody else. Uh, Then Alabama loses somebody. They lost to Texas A&M, but they're going to smash them this year. Yeah, okay. But why do you think they will smash them this year? They will smash them. They wasn't ready for. They they wasn't ready for Johnny Football. And so now you think they're ready for Johnny Football this year? Well, too much hype going around, and Johnny put himself in a situation where they going out. We got one minute, man. I got to ask you, Johnny Football. Does Johnny Football the way he plays his game now? Last in the NFL playing a game like that. He doesn't that. work in the NFL. He's going. They've been looking for a new quarterback. Why not? That's what Russell Wilson's doing. Colin looking, no, Kaepernick. no, no. Russell Wilson's smart. Colin Kaepernick. I'm just saying, you can that athleticism can translate. If Johnny Football game. gets drafted in the first round, I'm stopping watching NFL football. But you're not going to watch the draft anyway because it doesn't NFL exist. football. The draft. But I, I know that he got drafted. I know that he got <laughs> but drafted. But in your world, there wouldn't be a draft. Yeah. Oh, so in your mind, so Doug Mack, in your mind, Johnny Football. Is a great football player in the National Football He's League. a great college football player now. I have no He's opinion Tim about tomorrow. He's I have no opinion about tomorrow. I don't. I just don't know. Yes, you you do. got to know yes, that tomorrow do. comes yes, from. I need more tomorrow information. Tomorrow comes from the. Co- <laughs> I'm just he saying. sounds like a true politician. He sounds what? like a true politician. Hey, I just want to thank you for listening, man. I've been having a whole lot of fun. Kwame Lester, join me. Kwame, you know he's on on Tuesday morning. You can catch him right here. Kwame Lester Sports and Doug Mack. Well, that's my man, executive producer here in the studio. Stops in from Spend time to time and joins me. And I appreciate having this company. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.